Your ministry is to the parish, right? Mm -hmm. And if the parish benefits from this, you won, Father. Right. You don't have to put. You don't have to see yourself as in competition to this young guy. He's just let him be. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think that's a big problem. The guys feel that burden, and so they're mm -hmm. they're walking on eggshells because they don't want to offend the pastor in any way. Welcome to the Ron Huntley Leadership Podcast, helping leaders be a positive catalyst on the people they support, the organizations they serve, and the communities they live. This podcast will make you think, laugh, and grit your teeth with new determination to make your parish or business a place of transformation, passion, and purpose. If you're still breathing, you are power for impact. Today, our guest is Father Sammy Maletta from St. John, Indiana. We're actually recording live here in St. John, Indiana. And we're gonna be talking today about the relationship between pastors and associate priests. It's an important conversation, it's an important relationship, and I'm really excited to dive into it with you today, okay. Father Sammy. As we were kinda of queuing it up in terms of where we'd go first to open up this conversation, you had a great idea to just talk about your early years as a priest and what you were seeing culturally and experiencing. Talk a little bit about yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, in my background, I never had the opportunity to be an associate, but I lived my first year. I taught school and I lived in a rectory. Yeah. And that priest, it was oppressive. He was in my room picking up dirty clothes. He was preparing meals like on top of me all the time. Mm -hmm. I remember the very first time I went in, I had a, a chalice that was especially high that I designed for my ordination. Yes. And he came and he put a pall and a veil on it. And I said, oh no, Monsignor, it's not meant to be that way. And he just went wild. He went like, this is my church. These are my responsibilities, the souls in this parish, and you will do what I tell you to do or else. Right. And that was my... Welcome. That was my first day. <laughs> no, it wasn't. That was my very first day, and it just got worse thereafter. <laughs> it's nice to create the culture right up front. <laughs> and then he he didn't like my preaching. Okay. Well, I was young priest. Yeah, you got to learn. So he, he for Christmas, he bought me the book that he uses to prepare his homilies. Right. But the problem was, and this happens with all young priests, is wherever the priest was going, yeah, that's the mass that people came to the young right. priest. They wanted to be with the young priest, not right. the, the older. Now I see that in reverse. You know, it's like <laughs> life has a way of turning around. But instead of learning those lessons, mm. it's like what I wrote in the book that mm. we're writing together. Instead of learning those lessons, I think I took wrong lessons because when I came here 21 years ago, I had an associate. Okay. And I thought his job was to be my gopher, to do the things that I didn't want to do. Right. And I was at that time, I was um, doing a lot of business consulting. Mm -hmm. I, I was flying at least twice a week mm -hmm. to different parts of the country. I was working in a law firm in Chicago. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I just didn't, um, and I didn't know this poor kid was suffering from depression. So he'd come pick me up at the airport and we'd have a jolly little time together. And do you get this done? No. Why did you get that? Did you get this done? What's going on? And I, right. I think, you know, I, I kind of crushed him. Mm. You know, I'm a, like a type personality. I'm yep. apostolic to the nth degree. Command is a prophetic. strong. Yeah, prophetic. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, I'm alpha a, I'm male. A, I'm a handful. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I think I just crushed this poor guy. Yeah. And um, 
it came to pass that we found out and I wasn't gracious at all. I just, I was done. I wanted him out of here. Mm. Um, now, juxtapose that to how I'm treating my second associate. After 21 years, they gave me another associate finally. And I see my role in this entirely different. Mm. I see my role is to build him up, to support him, um, to help prepare him because he's the future. Mm. And it's a joy. I mean, I have an exceptional young man that I'm working with, but it's a joy to um, to mentor him in a certain sense. Mm. And I see him also as a full partner. I've, I've, I really feel very strongly. I mean, we've worked very hard to get this parish where it is, mm-hmm. but I feel very strongly that he needs autonomy. He needs the ability to make his own mistakes and learn from them. Mm. And that's not going to, that's not going to shatter the earth for us. We're going to continue to. So, well, I just had an associate priest only event online, yeah, that's right. and I learned a lot from the feedback that we got and the conversations we had. Uh, and it was a lot of fun. Father Damien Ryan joined me in terms of speaking into the mm-hmm. things that he wished he would have learned in the seminary to prepare him. Because one of the comments that he made was there wasn't a point in the seminary where they taught you how to be an associate priest. They always talking, t- teaching you how to be a pastor right, or a parish priest, as they say yeah. in some parts of the world. But nobody ever taught them how to be an associate priest. And I think that's an important part of people's development And it's a very tender part, too, because people do get crushed. And in fact, one of the questions I asked in the feedback was, what three things, if we got them right, or if you got them right, would really help your assignment or or maybe even the worst assignment you've ever had? Like, what three things, if you got them right, would make the biggest difference? None of them said, you know, the people in the pews, they just don't care enough, or they're too apathetic, or Mm -hmm. they don't get involved, or we don't have enough volunteers. Not one comment had anything to do with the parishioners. All of it was directly related to the relationship they have with the pastor. And, And I think one of our biggest mistakes and biggest dangers in that relationship, it's the same in anything else. So it's the same in the workforce is we make too many assumptions. That person is like me or the way I think is the average way to think or it's the normal way to think or it's the way everybody should think. And so therefore we treat people from that dynamic and perspective. And and there's a power imbalance between a pastor and an associate priest. And if the if the proper conversations aren't facilitated, then assumptions drive the day, and assumptions become our enemy, which can lead to that like that poor guy. And I think also like um having the knowledge of the APEST and mm-hmm. the strength finder has been very valuable. Mm-hmm. I mean, and working with Declan, I know that he's got futuristic is a big thing of his. Right. And so that sometimes leads him not to be happy with what he's, he's doing right now. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, understanding that helps you balance things out and also understanding my strengths and weaknesses. Right. And I, I mean, I, I am like a recovering control freak. <laughs> so as we just demonstrated at breakfast this morning, Ron's making an egg and I'm like, oh, he's, not doing do this, he's not doing this the way I would do it. It's like, and he just says, no, this is how I do it. <laughs> okay. So then Declan comes in and immediately I want to do, you know, you make it the kitchen is my domain, you know? So, <laughs> but that that carries out into other things. Sure. So I think the lesson learned for me this time around mm. is to um, 
give people the freedom to be themselves mm -hmm. and understand that the Holy Spirit called them and there's more than one way to skin a cat, so, so to speak. So true. So true. And that's what's been really fun being here, working with you and your team as we first uh, reconnected as I began to coach you guys after some experience of being coached already. We really dove into the APES, which is from Ephesians chapter 4, mm -hmm. that, that Jesus gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherd, teachers. And really dove into that as well as, like you mentioned, the strength finders to unpack and really understand who we are because it's so... There's not a lot of time spent as a leader figuring out who we are and how we're hardwired. And if we're fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God, but we don't have a language to further unpack that and differentiate, it makes it very difficult to integrate with other people intentionally. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what we dove into. It was just so fun yeah. watching lights go off and people oh, get wow. excited. Yeah. And it was fantastic. I mean, it changed our culture. Mm. It really. And actually, I, don't, I, I know you know this, but mm. we posted our strengths and our apesks so that on everyone's door, they see who we are. Before you walk in that door, remind you, I'm talking to a prophet when yeah. I walk through here. Right. You know, so that they understand and it really helps the communication. And that's evidenced by the calm that's taken place on our staff as well. Mm. I mean, it works all the way around that. Well, even being here for the first couple of days, just in a couple of meetings, I've been asking, hey, how, how, what changes have you seen? And and people are testifying to yeah. the 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 collaboration, the the passion, the excitement, the enthusiasm of working together, understanding each other. It just seems like things continue to, yeah. to grow. And so, you know, getting back to that pastor associate uh, priest relationship. I want if I yeah, please just go ahead. say something that I think is really important because I think it's at, at the really foundation of all this. It's what we're called to be all the time, and that is the bearers of Christ's love to others. And so when an associate comes, it's so easy because parishes are busy and there's a lot of business and there's a lot of procedure and all the stuff that goes into making a day work. I mean, it's crisis in the school, the water goes out or the or computers crash or whatever it Calls might be. Calls from the hospital. Uh, so yeah, yeah, busy, 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 busy. You got to remember, at least I'm trying to do this with, with Declan, is I got to love him. I gotta love him mm -hmm. and enjoy him. And I think that when uh, he's only been here for a few months, but you, you would be a bit mm -hmm. better able to witness to this, the, the connection that has grown mm -hmm. between two people who have very little in common. Right. And certainly, I mean, the hard thing is all the expressions I learned as a kid, you know, like, he wasn't born yet. <laughs> he wasn't born. He has no clue what I'm talking about. And then he says something about technology, like, what? <laughs> so right, we're, definitely, we're definitely missing each other on, on that level. But there's a real, um, there's a fraternity yeah. in that house that I'm very happy about. Well, you say that. And again, from the feedback from the associate priest event, so many of them long for that connection that brings purpose and meaning to their priesthood above just doing stuff. Mm -hmm. They long for that fraternity, a lot of them, and, and they long for deeper purpose and meaning and growth within their development. But yet we can be so task oriented sometimes and not really understand what do you want to learn in these next two or three years? How do you want to grow in these next two or three years? What do you see yourself good at? And, and really developing a plan with them. And that's what's so beautiful about working here at St. John the Evangelist is you have a whole team of amazing people 
who do great stuff. And so you don't have to be the only one who mentors Father Declan as he continues no. to grow. Like you have a whole team of people in media and and in ministry and outreach and evangelization that he can be formed by, even through helping to lead them, mm -hmm. he's being formed by these people. And here, here's another thing. I, I kind of alluded to this earlier. People love young. Mm -hmm. They love fresh and yep. new, right? Yeah, energy. And one of the problems I think that I've witnessed uh, in my positions with the diocese mm -hmm. is one of the things I've, I've witnessed over and over is a pastor becomes jealous of the popularity mm. of the associate. We just have to name this. Right. And I would say to pastors, just prepare yourself. They're going to like his homilies better. They're going to like, he's going to bring a freshness. He's going to do it. And gonna don't let the young people. And, and, yeah. yeah. that That's wonderful. Your, your ministry is to the parish, right? Mm -hmm. And if the parish benefits from this, you won father, right. you don't have to put, you don't have to see yourself as in competition to this young guy. He's just let him be. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think that's a big problem. The guys feel that burden. And so they're, mm -hmm. they're walking on eggshells because they don't want to offend the pastor in any way. Boy. And that, uh, you know, as a leadership coach that I could lose my mind on that one because that just tells me straight up an ego's in the way and boy, who are you serving? If it's about you, like, dude, get off your high horse, get on your knees and let the Holy Spirit convict you of your sin. Because man, oh man, making other people great, that's your goal as a pastor. Exactly. It's not about getting adulation from as many people as you can and feel threatened by anybody else's greatness. Like if that's you, get some psychological and spiritual help because yeah. that's an issue in the church. And that's not one that we can continue to, to tolerate and then expect any greatness to happen. And I, I think that it's hard for guys because we're needy, you know, and usually you don't get a lot of positive feedback. You get, this didn't work or why'd you do that? Or you know, start building on you. So your own personal spirituality mm. has to be based on the fact that you are made in God's image mm. and he loves what he made and you are lovable. Amen. That's enough. Mm. That's enough. That's beautiful. So like, with Declan, one of the first things I told him, and I meant it, where I wouldn't have been able to say that 21 years ago. I couldn't, I couldn't have said to this other guy, I want you to be successful. Right. Because I didn't mean it. Right. You know, mm. I feel so guilty for the way I treated that young man mm. in retrospect. I mean, right. it's, you can't do much about it. You know? At least that you get a second Except chance. Though. I have a second chance. I want to get it right this time. Mm. I love that. And so you're, you're, message to pastors who might find themselves in that situation would be what? How would, so if somebody's like, oh, Father Sammy, you're speaking to my heart. I don't tell anybody this because I'm ashamed of it. But if I'm honest with myself, that's how I feel. What do you say? I think that you take that to Jesus. You pray about that. You ask for the grace that you can overcome that insecurity mm. and be honest. What's the point? If you're not honest with yourself, what, do you think people don't see it? I mean, they so do. True, right? They see right so through us. Might as well just own it, embrace it, yeah. proclaim it, yeah. and overcome it. Amen. And I think, too, that's where the strength finders and the APAS profile are just so helpful to dig oh, yeah. into because all of our strengths have a balcony and a basement. Mm -hmm. What they look like when they're at their best and what they look like when they're at their worst. And if we can understand that, maybe we can start to recognize some of the behaviors and feelings that we have that actually are quite ungodly hmm. and unhelpful. And, and, and sometimes too, within that, we can recognize where we have our superpowers. Because oftentimes, 
we see people's best and we see our own worst and we compare them against each other and then we see that gap. But what we often don't see is are the things that we're really good at and gifted for because mm -hmm. we take it for granted. Yes. We undervalue ourselves. We have a tendency to do that. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But then we look at other people based on our strengths who don't have those strengths and we say, what the heck's wrong with these people? Don't they get it? Right? You've never said that, though. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I only have 50 times a day. <laughs> but I'm, here's the thing. But your help, with you being here, I've now learned to bite my tongue and keep it in my head. <laughs> That's a self-discipline is a gift of the spirit and it's yeah. a hard one for all of us to exercise and I'm just as guilty. It's just easier for me to point out other people's, but I have to exercise that that same self-control and, and, and try to grow in wisdom for sure. So here's a couple of things I'm thinking again, as a result of this associate priest event that I had, how do you hit the reset button if you've already started down a road and you're in patterns of behavior and you feel like you're dying inside? Because one of the things I find with associate priest Father Sammy is they don't want to speak poorly of the pastor, even if they're not enamored, even if they've been hurt, even right. if they're frustrated. They don't want to go and talk about that person behind their back. And that's very magnanimous, mm -hmm. but also very isolating and very lonely. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for those people, and if you find yourself in that situation as an associate, you know, maybe think about the list of things that are bothering you. And if there was only one thing that you could get right on that list that would take away more of the pain and agony or dysfunction or mm -hmm. frustration, if there was only one thing, focus on that one thing and maybe have the conversation. Like, what would it sound like to you if Father Declan came to you and said, you know, Father Sammy, you know, I've been here for six months right now, and there's something that I've been struggling with a little bit, and I was wondering if you'd be able to talk with me through it, because I think if we worked it out, my experience would be a lot better here. Would we be able to spend yeah, some time? We've had that conversation. Okay. Oh, we've had that more than once, especially cool. at the very beginning. And I, I think in my mind, when I heard, when I realized, oh, we're in this kind of conversation, because you know, right, it usually stops when you're on the steps or you're in the kitchen or, or someplace in passing. Sure. Um, was be open. Don't react. Be open. Try to really hear what he's saying to you. Right. And then respond from a, that positive place instead of, because as soon as someone starts telling you you're doing something wrong. Defenses the, come up. Defenses come up. It's yeah. just natural. Absolutely. And you just have to resist that. So we've had those conversations. Good. And I think because he knows he can come to me mm -hmm. when he's not happy about something mm -hmm. and he knows he's not going to get, you know, there's, there's times I've said to him like, Declan, you're asking a lot for me to change because I've done this for all these years. But if you help me, I'm willing to try. That's awesome. So that's how we've been able to get through that. You know, and I also think your earlier question, the reset, look, I'm a firm, you know this, mm -hmm. honesty, mm -hmm. transparency. Mm -hmm. It doesn't do any good to be walking around holding hurt feelings and letting that fester inside. Have an honest conversation. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where uh, I know the older men in my life, mm -hmm. I've worked for bishops, when I have tried to have these really frank conversations, they, they don't, they're not comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. They want to push it aside. Um, and that's never been helpful. That's mm -hmm. never made me feel better about what I was doing. So I, now I don't want Declan 
when he when he has something he feels is important that I don't want him to think I'm just brushing it off or pushing him away. But at the same time, I have to be honest back to him. I'm not Superman. I mean, I have my own idiosyncrasies and problems. So I'm, I'm, I want you to be happy, but I want to be happy too. So it has to be a win-win because to that, that's a great point because I've worked with priests who had associates that the, the relationship was a train wreck. The associate priest, just wasn't forthcoming and just hid away and wasn't functional at all. And it drove the poor pastor nuts. And he just, he was a major part of the problem. And so we're always trying to create win-win situations and it requires leadership courage to have those conversations for, for the associate to stop you in the kitchen or on the stairs on the way up and say anything that takes a whack of courage, have the courage. But the other thing is if you're in a situation where the guy's, a complete narcissist or, or just in a, in a sense, just unhealthy and dysfunctional. How do they protect themselves? What would, what advice would we, let's talk about that. Cause it's a tricky situation. You're stuck there cause the Bishop sent you there. It's a terrible living arrangement and you can't have conversations in a way that are helpful. Well, then I would try very, if I were in that situation, not being the, the narcissist type. Right. Yes. Yeah. 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 (laughs) But if I were the associate in that situation, I think the advice I would give someone would be, um, try to get from the pastor some clarity of expectations and then stick with those expectations. Yes. Stay within those boundaries. Right. To me, I think that if if a pastor treats an associate like he shouldn't get an associate, Mm. there's something bigger here than personalities and individuals. It's the future of the church. People my age, I'm on the way out. People Declan's age, they're the future. Yeah. And so if I love the church, which I do, mm-hmm. then I want the best future for the church. And the future is not me. Mm-hmm. It's this young guy. Beautiful. It's true. And if we can set these guys up for success. And, and so I, I, brought, I bring that up because people do sometimes find themselves in an unwinnable situation. And to, to them, I would say, take responsibility for your growth, even if it's against all odds. Mm-hmm. Like, don't let that guy walk all over you. You're yeah. a man, too. And but I so, would say this to the associate, yeah. too, that when, this, when that assignment's done, you sit down and have a very clear and honest conversation with the bishop about your experience there. Because I, I see this even in our own diocese. I've seen this happen. It's all over the world. Now they, they send priests to certain parishes. Now, maybe they, because it's a larger parish or whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And the, if, the, if the pastor isn't eating meals with the associate, isn't praying with the associate, mm-hmm. isn't meeting regularly to guide the associate, isn't engaged in a partnership with the associate and it doesn't do his very best to become a friend of the associate. Mm -hmm. He doesn't deserve an associate. Right. Yeah. And so that's a, that's a really good point. So even a shout out to the bishops, like as you're doing this and and I know bishops have councils to help deal with the placements Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And I, I, I'm thinking, I don't think they often get enough credit for what they try to put into it, but boy, it really is something where we have to create an environment where there's feedback both ways because it has to be a win-win situation because we're setting these men up for, you know, my my goal with these associates is when they get to sit in that big seat, 
I want them to be rip roaring ready to go. Because what can happen is when we're in situations where we feel we can't share, we can't talk, we can't be honest, there's no clarity, there's no alignment, there's no support, and we're just surviving. That's brutal on people's spirituality, their emotional health, their psychological health. And then they're just kind of, I'm just going to bide my time until I become a pastor and then I will become great. And the truth is becoming a pastor is way harder than you think it is. You're going to run into things you did not see coming. And if you don't start becoming great now, you're not going to be ready for that. It's going to take you another five to 10 years once you're a pastor to actually figure that out. But if we can help people figure that out while they're at this phase of their formation and be intentional about it. And that's one of the things I think I just wanted to bring, just change gears ever so slightly. But well, can I make a point before you do? Yeah, that? go ahead. Because I want I want to say that advice I've given to associates who have been in difficult situations mm-hmm. is: look, life is all about learning. Yes. Right. You can learn things from a negative point of view. You can learn things from a positive point of view. Right. So even if you walk away from this situation and you know I will never do this, I will never do this, I will never do for these reasons, mm-hmm. you've won. Right. So help that make that part of your mental process. Yeah. Is that you can learn even if it's a bad in a tough situation. That's so true. And then to be able to have a mentor or two that you can unpack these things and talk about without feeling like you're ditching the parish priest. Like so and I think the other part of it is make that person, whether it's a good situation or a bad situation, study them, understand their strengths, their gifts, their passions, you know, why they became a priest, their encounter experience with Jesus understand all that stuff and try to work with them the best you can, not just take your particular way of uh, seeing the church and the future and, and, and asking them to live out your vision. You're not in that big seat yet. You'll get your day. But in the meantime, make them the study, support and come alongside of them, work, make them great mm-hmm. uh, in the best ways you can while you're learning. Find a mentor or two that you can unpack these things with so that the learning is intentional, yeah. which would be so helpful. But I guess, guess what I was going to say earlier is that, you know, here at St. John the Evangelist, like, you know, here we are just recovering from COVID, this church is absolutely jammed to the rafters and no other church that I'm aware of in North America, or maybe even the whole English speaking world is doing what you guys are doing in terms of impact. They really aren't like this place is on fire. You preach intentionally. Your music is very intentional. Unbelievable. Your hospitality is constantly ramping up literally just rebuilt Alpha from the ground up and just really leaning into the principles with all new level of conviction. Like on every possible front, you guys are being intentional through your leadership team, through the teams that you guys support. And you guys are open to, and this is what I want people to hear from all over the world. Father Sam and his team are open to doing internships at this parish. (laughs) And so, you know, if I'm a bishop and I want to have an experience for these young, for a young priest or two who I really believe in that, that is really going to shape their understanding of what's possible. And in a culture of leadership, honestly, goodness, I, I would be contacting you guys and saying, how do, how do we make that happen for six months? Well, we would love to, right? you know, the passion, I think in this church renewal for what do you want to call it? This passion that we have as a parish is to share yes. our experiences. Yeah. We, we would like, we walk away Sunday feeling so blessed and we would like every parish and every priest 
to have the same exact feeling and experience. Mm-hmm. So anything we can do to help uh, along those lines, we're we're more than welcome. We're more than open love to uh, embrace. I love that. And so again, I'd encourage people to go on the SJE Plus website and just really start to check out some of the social media, get to know the personalities and what you're seeing just through that. I know Father Declan does a show called Grounded in Faith, right. which is so cool. You have a cooking show as well. There's, <laughs> oh, yeah. there's all kinds all of cooking illusions. <laughs> <laughs> all kinds of creative. And we're writing a book together. And we're writing, writing a, a book, book together. together. Yeah. And I'm so excited yeah. about that. Really to take a look at what you've learned over the last 20 plus years yeah. and, and really kind of challenge people to have this 20 plus mindset even now, even in the beginning of their ministry, you'd be thinking longer term. Right. Instead, we often think in the church like, well, I'll only be here for a few more years, so let's not get let this thing get too right. big because nobody else will be able to come in. It's almost like in Canada, the politicians, I don't want to get political, but they know that they're going, their term's only for a short period of time, and so they lead with short period of time in mind. And I think we do need a 20 plus mindset if we're gonna do anything significant. We're talking about changing cultures, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the renewal of Vatican II is still very much unfolding in our lives. Amen. So if you're talking about changing culture, you cannot do that in a six year term. No, you It's can't. impossible. You really can't. And so I'm really excited to continue to open up that book. So I just invite everybody to stay tuned for that because yeah. as we continue to unpack that and, and put the chapters together, we're getting more and more excited. And uh, and again, reach out to SJE Plus and contact these guys if you're a bishop looking to, to place a, a new priest in a place where he can gain some experience, some insights, some hope. And based on principles. Based on principles, principles not personalities. Are, principles that are working. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So as we wrap up, what's your prayer for the, the priest-associate relationship? Like, what's your hope? Brothers dwelling in unity. Mm. Wouldn't that be wonderful? I mean, and th- so often associates and pastors are seen as having different camps of people, which is divisive instead of unifying. Right. So I, I just hope that we learn to care for each other mm-hmm. because we care for the church and we love Jesus mm-hmm. and that love gets spoken into the way we live our lives, the way we do our ministry. Amen. Cause I know the whole world as they look at the priesthood, they assume there's a brotherhood. They assume there's a fraternity. They assume they have each other's backs and that's not have often you, the experience. Have you seen the sign of peace that we do? <laughs> Declan, Neither, oh. neither Declan and I like hugging. We're not right. really hugging. I'm a lousy Italian for that reason. But so <laughs> the sign of peace, you know, he sticks his hands real stiff like this, and I like throw my arms. I like <laughs> <laughs> it's a big scene because I want people to see that we really enjoy each other, that we really like each other. Right. So, That's know. beautiful. And I do yeah. see that too, living at the house with you when yeah. I come stay here. It's just a, a wonderful feel and a culture. Yeah. And I know how much that means to Father Declan and and any associate priest that would be here. Um, and I know how much you love uh, Australian and, and uh, British accents. So yeah. if you're from outside <laughs> of the country, you guys definitely be that much more interested. And so that's wonderful. And if there's anything I can do to help, you know, ronhuntley.com is a great place to go. Um, because honestly, my whole life is lived out to love and serve the church and to help come alongside of pastors and their teams to to really bring health and happiness and to change a culture so that we can have a huge impact for them. And I, I, I also want to, before we end this podcast, yeah. just want to say 
how much I appreciate you. Mm, and you. I've told, I wrote you an email. Um, we were having a staff day and it was so, and I said, this is a big part because of what you've helped us with. Mm. So thank you, Ron. You're welcome. It's been my pleasure. So wherever you are, wherever you're leading, I just really challenge you to be intentional about the impact that you want to have. Get to know yourself, get to know the people that you work with and bring Jesus Christ right into the middle of that and watch what happens. God bless you all. I want to encourage you, as you lead this week, be faithful to God and generous to others. See you next time, and remember, if you're still breathing, you are powerful.